You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another interesting episode of Ask Drone You. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for listening. We greatly appreciate it. As always, my name is Paul. Indeed, my name is Rob, and uh, I'm I'm excited about this show. <laughs> Just uh, it'll be interesting. And uh, as always, we appreciate the question. We appreciate Adam taking a few minutes out of his day to hook up the recorder and do all that stuff to get us a question. Thank you guys for listening. Happy to be here. Also have to give mad props to people who are willing to ask a question that maybe they're like, hmm, people are going to hear this and go, why is, why is that a question? And oftentimes we don't know what we don't know, right? We call that the black swan, like uh, thinking that you're going to tear apart a dog bed, even though it's a part of the dog bed. So sorry, our little office dog. Building his nest over here. <laughs> um, anyway, today's question is uh, quite interesting. I have to say, Rob and I took a, a lot of time in preparing for today's podcast because a lot of questions came uh, from this question. And some other things came up as far as uh, ideologically, because um, as some of us kind of transition from the world that we know, the corporate world, uh, the world of being an employee, um, it can take years to really fully understand the mindset of an entrepreneur and how it affects some of the most basic decisions that you make. And that's kind of the route that I want to go with this question, but we're going to go through this question and provide the answer um, in a quick and efficient means. But I want to dive in after that and kind of talk about, did you notice with the question uh, kind of um, maybe a deviation of an entrepreneurial way? So we'll talk about that. I will just say Rob and I really had to work through this question because at first I was like, why is, uh, I really didn't get it. Let's just put it that way. So I think Rob is going to be the savior of our show here today. So, <laughs> no, not true. We're going to get through it. And most importantly, hopefully give Adam um, an answer that he can live with. I don't know that we're going to give him an answer that he's happy about, uh, but hopefully something that he can live with. Anyways, let's, uh, let's rock. Hey Paul. Hey Rob. My name is Adam. I live outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. I have an LLC um, with my 107 license for my P4 PV2. I also have my 9 to 5 gig that uh, I could utilize my P4 PV2 under a completely separate iPad and um, looking to see if there's any recommendations on software applications or architecture of how to segregate that data and make sure there's no spillage or leakage between the two endeavors under the same ship. Let me know. Thanks. Well, I like how I think he's military and I think you can tell he's military once again because of vernacular and you know how anal I am about vernacular, Rob. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and how could I tell he's military? He talks about the aircraft as a ship. Same thing that John McBride does. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, he always, no matter what, he'll just slip it in there. Just like, you know, hey, give That's me your funny. ship, right? Give me your ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fly the ship. Uh, but anyway. Oh, yeah. For those of us who may not understand why this guy is so adamant about separating his personal flights from his 
business flights. Can you help us understand maybe uh, some potential things that might be going on just to as to what might feed this thought process? Because I'm not going to lie, as a uh, decisive, uh, impetuous, uh, mercurial individual, I really struggled with this one. I find that struggle so interesting. <laughs> but yeah, let's uh, let's dig in a little bit right after I turn my sound off here. So I think there's actually a couple things. Number one, what I would say is, uh, obviously, Adam, thank you for the question. Ask com for your question. But it always is helpful when you are asking a question to give as much detail as possible. That might help us give a more detailed answer. Um, because right now we're kind of shooting from the dark in terms of the reasoning behind this that I think could help us, uh, I don't know, give a little more nuanced answer for you. But you know, as I was thinking, I didn't even think about this in our conversation prior to starting the show, Paul, but there is so much, and for good reason, education, discussion, talk about from a, a legal standpoint, an insurance standpoint, an IRS standpoint, which obviously everybody has varying degrees of fear about, to separate... I think I just had a heart murmur as you said that. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> to separate personal from business. And this is a little bit of a different variation of, of that concept. But when you think about, particularly somebody who, he said, I've got my LLC, that tells me it's a relatively new thing to him, right? When people bring that up, it's relatively new to them. So he's probably, again, forgive us if we're off track here, but doing some research about all of this and how this should all work. And so there's probably a lot of data that he's taken in that's telling him to separate these things. Mm -hmm. And again, for good reason. And so I think that might be just a foundational perspective that he now has relative to wanting to make that happen. In terms of practical reasons, there are some. I think there's legal reasons if something happens doing something under the LLC versus doing something for his business. Again, we don't know if the kind of work that you're doing in either of these um, paradigms lends itself to any significant accidents or whatever, but that could be an issue. Um, we've talked about insurance and we had a discussion prior to starting the show about, well, isn't it the pilot that's insured, not necessarily an entity, but regardless, if something happens, somebody's insurance would have to cover it. Do you want that to be your LLC's insurance or do you want that to be your employer's insurance? Perhaps there's a need to prove what the flight was happening under to be able to, to decipher that. And then it, when it comes to paying for maintenance and operation of the hardware itself, um, batteries, props, just general um, use of the drone and, and replacing it at some point, is he going to be able to get some help from the employer? And maybe he wants to, maybe he is a very linear thinker and wants to use some sort of a formula to say, I used 33% for my LLC. I use 67% for your work. Therefore you owe me X to help me buy a new one. So I think those are some of the reasons that are actually very valid reasons to want to separate that data. But now I want to know from you, what would you do with all of that instead of approaching it the way he is? And also maybe we can answer his question directly and because I don't know that there's an easy way to do what he wants to do. So a couple of things, just like kind of recap or not recap, but uh, give the foreshadowing before I answer the various questions. But um, first and foremost, one, it's not easy 
to segregate those or separate, maybe is a better word, uh, separate the personal flights from the business flights. And in doing so in the most common uh, place means is also, you know, opening yourself up to continued uh, security issues. So I'll talk about that. Um, I'm going to also bring up uh, that the complexity of doing this on a data logging uh, practical means might just be easier to use a Jepson logbook. Um, then I want to hit, and this is where I want to end the show, which is let's talk about maybe bringing up a new perspective to this uh, particular client. Because uh, maybe, maybe, just maybe, we can change his perspective about thinking about this because you mm -hmm. said maybe he's researching, maybe he's doing this. And so the last thing I want to talk about is entrepreneurial ideology mm -hmm. and also kind of going over how the film industry works with uh, renting equipment. And that's what I'm going to call it is renting equipment, even though it's not, not technically renting said equipment. Um, but I want to bring that up because, again, as entrepreneurs, we don't know what we don't know. And also as someone who's transitioning into an entrepreneur, uh, that's a force multiplier uh, that you don't know what you don't know what you don't know. Don't get overwhelmed by that. Uh, I did get overwhelmed by that for years. And what I had to just start believing is that if I over time, and this is the key part, over time and consistently, if I over time uh, just plan on, you know, uh, listening more, more podcasts, more books, that essentially that I would build up my knowledge base like a pyramid, right? And, you know, as uh, as many of you know, and as Rob knows, when I hear certain people doing things, and I'm like, no, like, don't do that, right? Like a total overreaction. Um, <laughs> and then Rob is like, but we don't have to berate people to help them, like, think of it in a different way, right? Because I'm always like, no. You know, like, don't do that um, without like really, you know, you know, asking maybe a open ended calibrated question like, well, have you thought about doing it this way? You know, so let's end with that. But let's get back to the practical answer to his question, which is, is there is there a way that I can separate my personal and uh, commercial usage? Now, there are caveats to this solution. The caveat to this particular solution is that you've got to have good internet wherever you are flying, okay? So we're going to caveat this solution with that. What is the solution? You can essentially just sign into the drone and activate it under a different email address every time you fly. So let's say that you've got two accounts. Uh, let's call it Paul at WallStreetBets.com. <laughs> and uh, I thought you'd like that. And uh, Paul at Reddit.com. Okay. So <laughs> Paul at uh... Tendytown.com. <laughs> Sorry, that's my favorite. Um, oh, if gosh. you uh, if you're not familiar with Tendy Town, um, there's probably a lot of Popeyes, KFC, and Nashville hot chicken. <laughs> you forgot Paula at HedgeFundsRUs.com. Oh, HedgeFundsRUs.com. Okay, <laughs> so we've got our three different uh. email addresses now, right? <laughs> to complicate things, um, and we can let's say we're flying for fun. We can log in at our Paul at WallStreetBets.com where we. Uh, uh, typically, you know, fly around to make meme photos uh, to get rocket ships in the sky, right? Those long, uh, that's, that's what I want to do is I want to make a, a long exposure rocket ship in the sky oh, I'm sure and, and post it on WSB. Anyway, long story short is, let's say that now I'm flying for work, right? And let's say that uh, it's under, you know, different insurance, etc. So what I can do then is log out of the DJI app and log back in as Paul at hedgefundsrs.com, mm -hmm. 
mom. And <laughs> then um, I essentially am now splitting uh, the flight log based off of the user. Okay. Now, this also complicates when you're aggregating flight data. Why? Because you've got to log in to the academy, the DJI Academy under one account to see all the flights. Um, and then if you're logging in again through your app, you now have to log in under a different account to then see all of those, uh, those flights. Now, if you plug your drone into the DJI Assistant, it's going to show you all of the flights in the DAT file. And the only deviation that you're going to have is the email address that was used. So if we're like Rob and we're super Excel users, I am not. He is. He teaches me something every day. Um, but that said, if I'm a super Excel uh, user, I can download the DAT file from the drone itself and then sort by email. And then boom, I have my my list right there okay okay so that data will include the email then we think on the dat file yes but a lot of people have trouble with the dat file because they don't know how to read the dat file they don't know how to download it properly there were reports i forget which paper it was in but there was a very famous uh drone crash and the police didn't even know how to download the flight log which yeah I, I thought that was kind of funny. I'm sure they figured um, it out. I'm sure they figured it out quite qu quickly, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but that said, the DAT file is, I think, the, probably the best means of doing it. But again, the caveat to that solution is, one, you need great internet wherever you're flying, so that way you can log in, log out. The other issue with that is that you're now opening up yourself to more security issues because you're going through the DJI Academy system of looking at your data. Okay, not good. Um, so... What's another solution? And I'm sure Bill English listening to this show, which, by the way, great job on the Kobe accident. Um, he's probably listening to this being like, why are you overcomplicating it? Because that's what I thought myself. Okay, That's what I was like. Why are we overcomplicating something that we're already overcomplicating an overcomplicated workflow? That said, you could always just log your flights in a Jepson logbook. You know, yeah. you could literally just log each flight as a sortie. And then when it's commercial or personal, you know, just write down in the other column, <laughs> personal, <laughs> purpose for flight, personal. Yeah. Um, P and B. Yeah, literally. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> um, but that said, I mean, there are ways to do it, Rob. Um, and this kind of brings me to, uh, from trying to remember the second point I wanted to talk about before we got to ideology. Uh, well, I know we wanted to talk about just uh, billing the company yes with his llc that's, right that's right so For one of the time. things well i think i still skipped number two but one mm. of the things that i wanted to bring up with this particular show and what rob had to help me with is figuring out instead of being like don't go this way don't do it don't do it like why 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 um going it at it as a positive way right rob that's probably a more uh, uh, uplifting and, and build people up way so one of the things that i wanted to bring up was as entrepreneurs, we've got to always be entrepreneurs. And if this guy's company is trying to hire him as an employee who has a drone who flies, my instantaneous reaction is pump the brakes. Okay. Because why? A lot of people who are in an existing business tend to let their employers put more and more and more stuff on their plate. Okay? And I have seen this particularly in the drone industry where someone is a project engineer and now all of a sudden you're a drone pilot. Okay, I'm not paying you anymore, but you got to go get your 107. You got to go do this. You got to go do that. Right. As, as an employer myself, uh, 
I don't know how they can really expect people to do that and maintain um, a career with that company and trust and relationships and all that, whatever. Um, as an entrepreneur, though, and for this question asker, I would say what I think that you should do is go back to your employer and instead of worrying about separating, you know, personal from business, what I would do is I would go to them and say, look, you know, I've got a company that does this already. And I think the clearest means of getting you what you want and to not muddying the waters between employment, contractor, all this stuff, is that we separate the drone stuff. So if you want to hire me to do drone work, then you're going to hire my company, okay? And you're going to pay a, you know, a lot of drone businesses don't do this, by the way, but in film, it's done all the time and commercial production is done all the time, which is also why I think the drone pilots who are in film are truly a, a, a few levels above other drone pilots. Here's why. As a drone pilot in film, you don't just get paid a day rate. It's not just like, hey, Rob, thanks for coming hang out. Here's your $1,500. Goodbye. Right? It's like, here's your $1,500. Here's your rental rate or your kit rate is what we call it. And then we have our labor rate on top of that. So you're getting paid three times the same thing. Okay. That said, what is the, the kit rate or the rental rate? Typically, if we take the total cost of our drone, our props, our batteries, our case, our cameras, everything as a kit, which is why it's called a kit rental in film. Okay. We take that kit and let's say it's 2,500 bucks, right? Then what we do is we charge a kit rental of 10% of that for each day. Okay. So 10% of 2,500. Uh, <laughs> Oh, Sorry, uh -oh. 250. Uh-oh. Sorry, I was trying to play like, look at Rob, he's a math magician, but I think his mind was thinking about something else. I was else. so sorry. <laughs> um, I'd laugh because it's not even a hard calculation. But anyways, anyway, go ahead. Anyway, so let's say we have that kit rental of 10%, right? So the this drone pilot can go to his company and say, look, it's 250 a day uh, for the kit rental plus the services X to get the deliverable. Then he doesn't have to worry about a couple of things. Number one, insurance deviations are covering one particular aircraft from entity to entity. Number two, he doesn't have to worry about data deviation. He doesn't have to worry about licensing the data to, uh, or excuse me, losing the license or full uh, coverage of the data, right? If he if he works as an employee, the data is owned by the company no matter what. If he's a contractor, he's providing the company with a license to said data. Why is that important? Because you, as the drone pilot, want to be able to use said data to market yourself, to bring in new clients, to set up autonomous funnels, to bring in new clients, to also build relationships and showcase a visual communication of how drones provide answers to problems, okay? So, sorry, this is very long-winded, um, but... <laughs> This is so important because if he's really going to be a drone entrepreneur, then what he needs to do is start thinking like a drone entrepreneur, which means you are not going to get paid absolutely nothing additional to provide an additional service to your company. If you really do have a separate entity and a separate company, then act like one. Say, hey, look, this company is a contractor. Yes, I'm a part of it just so that there's no conflict of issues. Uh, but I do believe that we can provide the deliverable that you're asking for here, here, and here. And unfortunately, due to my employment status with the company, and it's outside of the current uh, roles and responsibilities of my role here at the company, I am requesting not only for clarity, but also legal clarity that we do, that you hire this entity as a contractor to provide said service. 
when I brought this up in pre-show with Rob, he was like, well, what if the company says, no, we're not doing that? And I would say, then I'd blame the pilot 100%, no holds barred, not even a question. And he was like, why? And I said, because it's the pilot's failure to communicate the value to the employer. Because if you're saying, look, for insurance purposes, what if something goes wrong and we just have this separate company that has the drone, it's just easier. It's so much easier. Liability on this particular main company is a lot lower and my employment is now not at risk, right? So for me, the reason I bring this up, and I remember point two now, the reason I bring this up is because the entrepreneurial mindset has to pervade through everything that you do. You are, and this is also why I like being a drone entrepreneur, Rob, is because of something I've learned with a lot of the younger generation, which is this lack of responsibility. And one thing I've learned through life is that you are never going to be successful, myself included, unless you take ultimate responsibility for everything. And even though there are things I don't want to take ultimate responsibility for, if I don't take responsibility for them now, then down the road, it's just going to me four times harder. Okay. Well, sorry, explicit language. Okay. That said, this is why an entrepreneurial mindset is a mindset that scales and it's a mindset that you are constantly self-aware and you are constantly thinking about being self-aware about other people and other things as well because you are ultimately responsible. And I actually really like that the FAA is so adamant about the pilot is ultimately responsible and they talk about the pilot's hazardous attitudes. It, it works in life. Like, wake up. It works in life. I mean, literally, if, if I have a hazardous attitude of, ah, he can't tell me what to do, you know, I'm anti-authority, all it means is that I, I have a failure of objectively looking at both sides to make a clear decision. I haven't asked him questions to better understand where he's coming from. I'm just saying I'm anti-authority. That only hurts me, right? And as soon as I'm ultimately responsible and ask myself, why am I so anti-authority? Because I like to ask why, because I like explanations, because I want to know what people are thinking and how it's going to affect me, all of those reasons. And that's okay. That's 100% okay. But going back to this separating things for personal and business, Look, I thought this was overcomplicating things, and this was point number two. I thought this was overcomplicating things, and I thought, why overcomplicate something that's already overcomplicated? And then it made me think of, what is he really after here? What's the black swan? And I think the black swan is, is that this gentleman has an opportunity. Like many of you out there, you have an opportunity. Right. And it's one of these opportunities where you see a bigger, brighter future of opportunities. You see it as a way to get out of that chair behind of behind the desk, get out in the field and solve problems. Enjoy what you do. Be on the move. Be constantly challenged where your mind is constantly engaged and you're not bored looking at the clock, looking at Drudge Report every day, wondering when the hell am I going to get out of this office? If you're a true entrepreneur, right, if you are ultimately responsible don't overcomplicate things. And sometimes over overcomplicating things also means standing up for yourself and saying, look, here's the value. Here's why this is an issue. As an employee, he sees the opportunity, right? Let's get back to this. He sees the opportunity. And maybe he's seen the opportunity to really bootstrap his business right now. Maybe. Yeah, also it could, this could also be <laughs> totally false, not anywhere in the realm, I mean, but I just feel like there are a lot of people who are, what do they call it? Their side hustle is droning and they just, they'll, I think of Chris from Tennessee and they just, well, he's full blown drone pilot now, but you just want to bridge that gap from side hustle to all in 
right? But a lot of people get so excited about that, they lose sight of how things are being set up, right? They lose sight of setting themselves up as a contractor instead of as an employee, right? And so I bring this up because I know a lot of you have an opportunity as a side hustle and potentially turning that side hustle into a business. For some people, that's the right way to go. For other people, that's not the right way to go. They just need to really get into drones as much as they can and use that in their careers. The danger becomes when you cross-pollinate those two things. And the reason I brought this up, Rob, is because I want to make sure that it's clear that sometimes as an employee, if you're asked to do something and then you're like, well, I have a company that can do that. You muddy the waters really fast. And it's just, you got to, my point in saying this is one, everything takes a clear plan, right? And any dumbass can beat a genius with a good plan, seriously. And if that plan is followed through, even more so. That said, I love the opportunities that this guy has. I would just say, take it slow, be patient, because just like how being overexcited can hurt us when we get a brand new drone, it can also hurt us when we're in a new business. I rest my case, Rob. <laughs> he didn't say anything for like 10 minutes. <laughs> I'll say this. This is what happens when you don't give us specifics. It becomes a fictional diatribe. <laughs> but I will say this as well, on top of what I just said. Paul wants to help you. Paul's just uh, trying to, I mean, taking the information we have and and trying to give you the various ways of looking at the the, the situation that you might find yourself in. And, and that's where I think the value is. So there's certainly a lot of things to think about in what you've said, right? Well, I also see people who have kind of gotten into that limbo zone where they're, uh, they're an employee, but they've been starting their drone business. They yeah. haven't fully moved over yet. And that's, that's and a tough thing. It, it That's is. a tough place, but life is full of tough places. And I think that you can only to that point, and I have experienced this to the point of failure because of inaction. And ugh, when I think about it, it makes me cringe, but you can only have your, your, let's call it this, your legs in two different boats for so long before they drift, you fall into the water and now you're in neither boat. You're just drenched and hopefully you can swim <laughs> because eventually that's going to happen if you don't, um, if you don't choose and, and, and make something happen. I will say this too, you know, the whole point about go to the company and, 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 and essentially demand that they, if you're going to fly for them and use your drone for their purposes, that they're going to pay your, your LLC because you've set that up. Um, I think sometimes we talk as if we live in a world of absolutes. And the reality is we don't because if we're telling somebody to go do that, well, then we have to also tell you, okay, if you're listening and you say, you know what, they're right, I'm going to go do that. Well, okay, you better be ready for the consequences of your boss saying, yeah, screw you. Why don't you go run your LLC then? I mean, there's yeah. the, there's real life when it comes to a lot of the stuff that we talk about. And somebody at this company that you're able to fly for, in addition to your LLC, Adam, they might just say, oh, just shut up. <laughs> I mean, who knows what the scenario is and, and what your role at the company is, et cetera, et cetera. But, and obviously I'm being a little Let, bit facetious But let's in say that. that they do that, right? Let's, let's, so let's hold on. Let's play this out because this, let's is, do. this is being an entrepreneur is playing chess with your behavioral actions and seeing what the potential consequences are. I mean, literally. Yeah. So, you know, let's say that the, the boss says, hey, uh, GFY, right? Yeah. GFY. And you're like, 
okay, so what do you do? Now you have a very real realization of what it means to be an employee and not an owner. And so it also helps you understand that, okay, what should I do at this point? Maybe what I need to do is, okay, this guy is very clear that I have zero avenues of being a contractor. What then can I do? Number one, what's your plan? Are you still after running that drone business? Because if so, then you need to do this drone job for this company. You need to learn as much as you can. You need to document as much as you can. And you need to take your personal cell phone on job sites and get great marketing photos while you're in the air. <laughs> there you go. See, I like that. But the point is be prepared for the answer that you least expect or um, is not what you're hoping for. <laughs> Anyways, that's probably a good stopping point, I Kona. think so too, Kona. <laughs> All right. Kona needs to use the restroom, so we're going to get out of here. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. I hope that we were able to provide clarity. I really do, because these questions, while they are vague, it, it brings up a lot of important points about the entrepreneurial mindset. And uh, I think it's time, Rob, that we do another podcast that's just about that. Because, yeah, it works with drones and drones are, I think, one of the best businesses that you can have as an entrepreneur because you're outside. Mm -hmm. You're meeting new people. You're constantly challenged. Like, it's a way to keep the brain spinning. Yeah. Perpetually. Anyway, long story short is please keep bringing in those questions. Entrepreneurial or drone-based, bring them in. Askadroneu.com. Yes. And uh, this is for you guys. And girls. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yes. No, don't Thank say you for sorry. Correcting me. Don't say sorry. It's okay. So it's not okay. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's a it's a euphemism for you, my friends. It's kind of like saying y'all. That's certainly okay? how I intend it. So anyway, um, it euphemisms. Way. Okay. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. My name is Paul. My name's Robert. Toe. Toe. Bombshell. <laughs> we believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.